0: No Time to Die took some big swings, but did they land? This is Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Hello, movie friends. Welcome to Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. I am Scott, and today it is the more freeform, spoiler-filled discussion of No Time to Die. Uh, it's kind of the companion to the, <laughs> um, to the kind of more formalized review, because there's a lot of things to spoil in this movie, and I wanted to get into them, so... Uh, I'm kind of just going to start at the beginning and kind of freeform my way into the big twists that I think do or don't work. So I'm not going to give a full layout of the plot or everything like that, but I think I'm going to kind of deal with the big things that happen. So the first big element is the film's opening in which uh, Bond is kind of living the life with uh, (laughs) is living the, the good life with his lady and he's, you know, kind of you know, seems seems okay. Everything seems good, but there's something that Madeline Swan, uh, his now apparently wife, is seems to be, seems to there's something from her past that we've seen. Uh, we know that she has familial ties to Spectre, but that there's something else in her past that she has yet to address, and we don't know what that is yet. And so we see a flashback on her end to it, and then shortly after that, uh, basically, it sounds like they've they've come to this place in. In Italy so that Bond can visit Vesper's grave and essentially kind of get full closure so they can finally be together, so him and Madeline can be together. And right as he's about to get that closure, there's an assassination attempt, a giant chase starts, and it appears that Madeline has betrayed him. And he escapes all of his attackers, uh, who who clearly uh, are sent by Blofeld, and he puts her on a train and says, you're, I'm never going to see you again. And then we cut to five years later. So this is something when you see five years later, you're like, why are we doing five years later? Uh, first off, I think they're just kind of adapting it to real time uh, in terms, you know, because even Vesper Berlin's death uh, date is listed, as, uh, is listed at this, as the same date it was in Casino Royale. So they're kind of dealing with these things as they come out. So that seems to be it, but there's another element that'll come up later that I'll get to. So we cut to five years later, and Bond is out of the game, but is pulled in by his friend Felix Leiter, and then also is interacting with the new 07, and they're both targeting somebody who has this very, very scary, essentially targeted bioweapon. And it turns, you know, he goes through a big big old gunfight with Anna de Armis's character. Very cool. And then then we find out that the guy that has been right next to Felix Leiter the whole time is actually working for the main bad guy. And Felix Leiter ends up taking a gunshot to the stomach and ends up dying. So we've, we're already about like a third of the way through, not even a third of the way through the movie, and we've already killed off a main character. And uh, Jeffrey writes Felix Leiter has kind of been, you know, the essential kind of Felix Leiter's just been kind of a contact and a good dude. He's always provided information or money, whatever it might be. So this actually, you know, and the way that Craig and Wright portray it is actually very tragic, and I think it's very effective. So that much is very good. And so it kicks off Bond coming back into MI6 and, you know, trying to take up the mantle again, and he finds out basically his best lead is Blofeld after a Spectre is kind of unceremoniously kind of killed off all at once which I'm not sure if that works or not but he then goes to have a conversation with Blofeld, which is definitely trying to invoke uh, <laughs> the Joker the, the the Joker interrogation from The Dark Knight uh, but I really liked it I thought it was I thought it was very interesting and which brings him back into contact with Madeline who has been contacted by Remy Malek's main bad guy and here's where things start to you know and then we find out that Blofeld has been targeted, and he's killed, so we've got a second major character death in almost as many sequences, and then right in the the middle, Bond visits Madeline again, is trying to catch up with her, and then comes up and sees her, and then realizes that she has a daughter, and said daughter looks to be about five years old, and now she says it's not his... But it's very suspect. Uh, It seems very defensive in the way that she's saying it. It seems very cold. Uh, So, and then it basically becomes basically kind of a dual, dual thing here as Bond is now trying to save his possible child and his love and his lady at the same time he's trying to save the world. And so it comes down to kind of an old school Bond thing where it's you know, infiltrating the infiltrating the thing. He goes with the new 007. Um, he go, and so it comes down to him trying to save, uh, you know, the love of his life and his alleged child. It's then confirmed that it's his child, and which is which I think is good. I think it's good. It's an extra element that kind of grounds him and makes him a real person. And there's a lot of good scenes where Craig gets to, uh, you know, where Craig gets to. Um, you know, try to have like these awkward moments with the girl or gets to say that he made a mistake, which is something I don't think I've ever heard a Bond say he's made a mistake before. He just kind of puts on a cool poker face no matter what. And so it's going through all this stuff and they introduce, they introduce this idea that uh, the whole concept behind the the weapon is that it's a, it's a weapon that can basically use someone's DNA to trigger a bioweapon to kill somebody. And as his failsafe for Remy Malik's villain has one that's linked to to Madeline and to her daughter Matilde. And as it's later revealed, it is directly related, which is it is since it is Bond's daughter, that if this somehow got to them it would kill everybody involved. Um, but it's only triggered and we we've already established that you can't, you know, rub it off or anything like that and it's there's no way to get rid of it basically you're stuck with it for the rest of your life and so you're persistent danger potentially to the people that you love uh for forever and that's and so they they're setting this up it's very heavy and so it seems to be that they're setting up this kind of um i don't know they lay it on so thick that you're kind of like okay so this is gonna somehow end up on bond right and sure enough right as bond is trying to blow up this place so the uh, the stuff can't get out and cause this mass kind of apocalyptic apocalyptic style event. He gets this on him and he's also grievously wounded to, to the and then he also has to get in and take and open up these uh, you know blast doors to make sure that the facility that's manufacturing this stuff goes up at the same time. And so essentially the final bit that we see from Bond is him having a phone call with Madeline as he tells her he loves her he tells her that her his daughter is you know the best thing that that that's ever like one of the best things that is beautiful one of the best things that's ever been created totally worth it and that he's he's been infected by this and that and then he basically is killed as he is killed as the missiles that have been, that have been sent by the like basically the british navy land on the island and explode the facility that was threatening to basically destroy the world. And so, and there was definitely, like, I wasn't entirely certain, because it's one of those things, it's kind of one of those things, like, unless you see a body, you don't trust it, but then they have a a send-off for Bond in MI6, a quiet send-off with those who worked with him and knew him. Um, You know, they have moments where everybody is visibly upset by everything, And then we get a scene with Madeline and her daughter driving away, and she's about to tell him the story of Bond, James Bond. And that's how it ends. And I have mixed emotions about this. I think this is, if you, it is gutsy, I'll say that much, to decide that, you know what? We're actually gonna kill James Bond. We're actually going to do it. No one's done that. We've killed enough Bond women. We actually, all four women in this film live which is fantastic, but we're actually going to kill James Bond, and we're going make it, to make it in a way that's poetic, because essentially without being, a, without being able to see um, you know, the woman he loves and his child, his life wouldn't have had meaning anyway, so now at least he sacrifices his life for something. I think that's the rationale. But I think it's, it's interesting because it kind of doubles and triples down on the tragedy of it all, if that makes sense because I think it would be exceedingly tragic if Bond was, you know, somehow survived this, but wasn't able to touch or wasn't able to touch his family anymore, like the people he loves anymore, because he's clearly, he's made it very clear that these are the people he loves, and these are the people that mean the most to him, and that even in this, he's been denied that. But instead, you know, it almost feels like it's, you know, they're trying to spare him a lifetime of pain. And that, that's the reason he just decides to kind of give up and just kind of accept his fate. And I don't really... I don't know. I, I kind of feel very weird about that. Like, this is the only reason to live. That, you know, he couldn't still be a meaningful part of everything. So that's... I wasn't I wasn't huge on that. So that's, that's at least my takeaway from that. But, like, a lot of the other stuff I thought were really effective. I think Felix kind of getting killed because he's not really up and up on you know just wants one last mission and, you know he's kind of always been an upbeat presence and is trying to encourage james to kind of live his life and that's where that's why i kind of get this weird back and forth on, on the death itself because the entire message for a lot of the film has been that james essentially for five years has been living but not really living a life he's just been around and it's, it's not even like the vapid, you know, hedonistic pleasures that he's seen in indulging in, in a Skyfall or anything like that. He's just been existing. So this, and just kind of living because he doesn't know how to die, like if that makes sense. So he's, and that's what Blofeld says, like, oh, I killed, I basically killed her, like by in, insinuating that she was part of my group by doing that. Um, I just knew this was something she, you know, do of the goodness of your heart. Uh, So it's like supposed to be one last twist of the knife and all of that. And it's all very well acted by everybody involved. Daniel Craig does a great job. And it's not like his final moments aren't unheroic, but it's still, I think it would be something bigger if he talked about making plans about leaving about being a father and then saying it's like, look, I'm not going to be able to do that because this is the only way I can make sure you're safe for the rest of for the rest of your life. Which is kind, you know, and so it's kind of what they're trying to do, but it's not quite what they're doing, you know. It, it's it's a bit messy. Um, I love the idea. I love a lot of the ideas, like Bond kind of pushing this person away. I think it has enough connections to the past where it makes sense. It's like, yeah, we we know that Craig's Bond has been burned, so we don't we don't need to oversell that. So for any for anything, it's like, yeah, just all the defenses come up. Um, But at the same time, it also kind of throws away this idea that may have been bigger in, like, earlier drafts, where this this entire problem is something of MI6's own creation, specifically M's creation, and M should be devastated, and he really isn't. He kind of just treats it as, like, ah, this is a mistake that falls on my shoulders, and he never really seems to have it fall on his shoulders. So there's, like I said, I think it's just... It's messy. I think it's still... I still think it's still effective. Like, I know a lot of people were affected uh, in the theater when I saw it, but it's still... It could have been better, but I think in terms of a send-off for this particular Bond who has been defied by kind of... kind of bittersweet moments. Like, the, you know, kind of... He doesn't get both things. He only gets one or the other. He gets the mission or his family. And in this case, he gets to keep his family safe, but he doesn't get to stay with them. So, I... I kind of like it. I, I'm, still tor- I'm still torn about it. I think it could have been better. But if you've seen the movie, let me know your thoughts. I'm very curious to see how, what you thought about all of the different twists and turns this, this plot takes. I know it has a lot more uh, that go beyond kind of the standard, oh, this is my plan. Ha-ha. Uh, stuff, which I was a fan of. So...